Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Oz Biz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. Great to have your company for the next hour or so. This is The Call, where we cover 10 stocks picked by you, I put them to our expert panel. I'm not going to say any more because let's bring him in. Nathan Thomas and Darren from Deep Data Analytics and his old sparring partner, Gaurav Sodi from old. Intelligent Investor. How are you, you two? I thought you said bald. <laughs> I think that's prefer- no. preferable to old. No, no, no. Old sparring partner. <laughs> long time. Um, how do we go long time sparring yeah, partner? Yeah, yeah. All right. A yeah, long yeah. time sparring partner. Good to have you two guys aboard. Well, we always run out of time when we talk to these two blokes, so I want to get straight into it. Uh, this half hour, we're going to talk about urine pharmaceuticals, Eris Resources, AVZ Minerals, uh, Frontier Digital, and Sayona Mining. But stock of the day, Endeavour Group uh, has dipped in morning trade. Several brokers have slashed the Liquor and Gaming Group on the uh, back of the Victorian government's stricter restrictions on poker machines. JP Morgan has cut Endeavour from overweight to neutral, lowered its t- price target of $6.70. Uh, Jefferies has cut the group to a hold with a $6.50 share target. Shares in Endeavour down to a record low, all-time low, and uh, could be the worst close on record today. Nathan. What is that? All the brokers at once yeah. uh, have come down with this. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, sad to say, but I love using Gaurav's that term. It's a reverse lottery. Mm. There, it was a reverse lottery that everyone knew, yep. but it was growing as the elections went through. We knew about this risk. Yep. Uh, shouldn't be a, a, yep. a shock. Look, I actually like the business. I think it's a great business. I think their outlook is pretty good, but the macro was against it. Um, consumer spending um, and the regulatory risk was too high. We were in it after the split out of Woolies and we got out of it early last year. I think it was around mid sevens. Mm. And after that, we've been very cautious on anything yeah. consumer spending. Mm. Okay. So it's, it's a bit If you tough. like it so much, yeah. look at this I know. level. I know. Um, I, the backside has dropped out of it. Yeah. Do it, you pick it up? <sighs> The question is that I don't know where the regulatory risk is going to settle, and I don't think the market is going to jump in till they know. Right. So I think that's the unknown. Um, I think it's it's a good business. I think, and the other part of it is the hospitality side of things. Um, I think they've had that, I suppose, the travel recovery bounce, and that was jumped in as well. So all of those things are past it. I think things are going to get a bit tougher. For me, I think where we are in the cycle, things like. Food prices, fuel prices, probably going to be high in the second half of the year. Yeah. And with interest rates, I think dis- despite the change, we're probably going to be one probably hike and then hold. Um, and that's going to be flowing through the economy as well. So all yeah. of these things, the consumer spending is going to be tough. So I'm not jumping into Endeavor, but damn, um, it is good enough that I want to keep looking at it. And 
I just don't know where the bottom is. And I, I'm happy to say I don't know. Right. Um, the regulatory risk is I don't know. I know the consumer spending is weak and I don't think that's going to turn around in the next... That's got to be reflected in the share price. I think that's already in the share price. Yeah. The regulatory risk, we don't know. So I think New South Wales is also trialling at the moment and that's another one that's going to be an overhang on the stock. Right. So in the short term, I would be just looking at this as much as I like it. If you're um, in it. Oh, that's the... The $64 million question. I think you hold. People, you know. I think you hold. I don't think it's going to go bust, uh, but expect it to go lower. Mm. It's, it's a tricky one. It's um, real, but a lot of retail yeah. investors in it. They are. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and um, that makes it hard. But we look, we've written about this a few times that I always felt as though Endeavour was mispriced in the past because there are two clear parts of this business. There's a wonderful retail operation, the, the retail liquor business, which is um, very dominant, has great retail characteristics and is economically or cyclically very resilient as well. So it's, it's a great business. But the other half of the, of the business, the, the sin side of it, which really is the reason Woolworths had to spin it off yeah. in the first place, that is both economically sensitive and it's a target for regulation. And I, we, when, we've read about, when we wrote about this in the past, we specifically targeted that part of the business and said, there is regulation risk here, and we do not think it is being adequately priced by the market. Well, yeah. um, that regulation risk is. came came <laughs> to pass, and, and yes, and I think this is going to be a wholesale repricing of the entire business. Mm. I, I think we're going to see permanently lower multiples um, until growth resumes again, um, and I think that's entirely appropriate. I think the price before was wrong, and I think the price now is probably more reflective of the multiples that this business ought to trade at, which is much lower, I, I think, than um, than was the case in the past. So I don't think this is necessarily a, a buying opportunity. I still think it's a sell, even though it's fallen a long way. Right. Um, but I, I think there will be a time to come back and look at this, but it is too early. Uh, this is this is actually really big news that um, yeah. the market's digesting and repricing. I will just sit it out for now and, and wait. That's what worries me. I, I, yeah. I have a funny feeling because everyone was <clears throat> ultra bullish. Yes. They ignored all the ignored negative cycles. Ignored all the signs, yeah. And yeah. when brokers downgrade by 20% yes. on a risk that we all knew for more than a year, yes. that just tells you they're capitulating. Right. And also... They're incompetent. Well, uh, you know... You're allowed to make mistakes. Yeah, it, and also there's a corporate yeah. deal involved in yeah. this, right? Ah. They're, they're going to raise money to buy stuff, which is kind of... Hard. Yeah. But my worry is the fact that when they do these things and yeah. they flip... Generally, someone is getting out. Stocks right. don't move like that on a broker downgrade right. uh, without someone big getting out. So my guess is you look at the turnover in about a week's time and say, who did the biggest selling? Uh, right. That'll tell you something. But aristocrat yeah. up today. Yeah. I've just yeah. Uh, look, that is probably don't have the local regulatory risk as much because right, it's a global player. And also right. the multiples have been very low on aristocrat. Yeah. It is a cheaper, cheaper business yeah. and, and arguably the reg risk has been priced in. Well, I've been arguing with yeah. myself on aristocrat yeah, for same here. months. We, for months. Yep. So I'm still doing nothing about it? No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm beating myself. I'm beating myself. Still done nothing <laughs> about it. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into the stocks you want us to take a look at. First up, um, Aaron wants a view on Neuron Pharmaceuticals. Says, could he get Nathan and Gorab's opinion on it? I know they're both partial to a biotech every now and then. Yeah, I think we should underline every now and then. <laughs> uh, does this one make the grade? Yeah. Um, interesting 
Um, share price the other day up 17% mm. because of a deal they've done with uh, Acadia Pharmaceuticals in uh, in North America as well. Um, you're in pharmaceuticals, Gaurav. Been watching the share price go up for a little while, yeah. but never really dug deeper into it. Um, I'm probably not as keen on on biotechs. I know Maeth loves them, right. and he's quite good at it as well. So mm. I'm interested to see what he has to say. But from my point of view, this is a... It is interesting. Yeah, look, I'll give it to you. Um, thank you for bringing it up. I haven't had a chance to go through it in detail, but when I, as I was going through it, I, I thought this this is kind of interesting. So they've, um, Neuron has come up with the only um, treatment for Rett's disease, mm. which um, which is quite a, a rare condition, but um, there's still globally um, a, a patient pool of, I believe, millions. Um, yeah. So it's it's a significant disease, mm. but one that hasn't been able to be. Um, treated before, and this is the first FDA-approved treatment of the disease. Now, the uh, the share price has moved in response to the FDA approval, but even arguably more important than that has been trying to get the drug to customers and distribute it mm. um, in the US and globally. Through the doctors and hospitals. Yeah. Through the doctors and hospitals, but also physically moving the drug and oh. getting it to where it needs to go. Um, that distribution is that distribution chain, often it's refrigerated, it has to be carefully regulated right. um, and monitored, and it's not easy for a young company with its first drug mm. to get all that done. So they've had to get a partner. There was some uncertainty about the economics of that deal and who would do it. This looks like a cracking deal. I can see why the price jumped up so much. They get a really fat upfront fee and looks like a healthy royalty stream. I reckon the the um, the margins from here are going to be spectacular. Um, typically royalties offer between anywhere between 60 and 80 percent net margins. Wow. Um, so I think that's the sort of numbers you can ex- start to expect um, uh, Neuron to start generating. And importantly, the capital intensity, all the trouble and all the reinvestment risk is now with Arcadia, who has who is a, a decent business in their own right, has a good track record and right. is a reliable partner. But I think you're going to start seeing a, a, a rapid acceleration. A lot depends on on sales growth from here. Um, Arcadia gave an update and said that sales growth in the US is probably stronger than they expected. Um, but there's an international rollout to come. So this is exciting. Um, this is kind of interesting. I think one thing that dampens my enthusiasm is the a director sold $15 million worth of stock recently. It's a $1.5 billion business, which kind of they're baking in, um, you know, $80 million, $100 million of profit already. A lot of this has been priced in. But when you consider that there's a global rollout to come, there's a, there's an option here for significant growth. I would say hold this. Yep. Um, it's not really my my um, my specialty, but it, this is interesting. It's And I think there's enough upside here to warrant a hold. Um, I'd like to hear yeah. Nathan's view. I mean, uh, maybe it's, I, maybe it's a buy, Nathan. I don't has know. It, has it got your juices flowing? <laughs> oh. This this is like, is this like it? a dream. It's a dream stock. Oh, oh. It, it is a dream stock. It was. Yeah. I mean, your pricing. I mean, when Gaurav's interested, it's not fluff anymore. Is it too late? It's fluff. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a fluff anymore, Possibly. right? I mean, you, I think the viewers know that you have me at biotech. Right. Uh, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. And then yeah. I'm going to slap myself on their face and not say, stupid. look, yeah. look, okay. look. Yeah. Um, mm. These are high-risk investment. Mm-hmm. I've been in this stock plenty of times and you had these mini runs and then you go, we're there and then we're not. We're there and we're not. And it requires a lot of capital to get there. And I hate to say it, I got bored, I left. 
Oh, you were um, in this, were you? Yeah, I was. I've oh, been in this. I, I've been following this for okay. over a decade. Right, right, right. Because it's they were funded by the U.S. Defense. Right. Uh, and it's a lot of uh, mental, um, the, I suppose, issues that they were dealing with. They were yeah. working out different, different options. Yeah. And because of my son, I've always been interested in stocks that are linked to that. Okay. And right. this was the closest at that time. Okay. So, it was always the, the saddest part is it was always I knew that <laughs> if it hit. Yeah. Boom! Yeah, right. and boy, has that boomed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was not there. Uh, but look, I'm happy for them. I, th- I think it's great. Mm. You know, it's always great that when they come up with new products, he's saying, yeah. "I'm not there, but I'm happy." Yeah, for no, he's them. a bitter old man. Yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm completely pissed, right? Uh, yeah. if, if you want my reality, I am pissed um, because Where do you get in at these levels. Um, look, I think. Gaurav, what he said is true. There's a fair amount priced in now. Right. Uh, now you're going into an operational basis. You're mm-hmm. looking at revenue and that's right. going to, it gets tricky. So it can um, cool off. I think if you have it, as with any biotech play, when you have this run, if you held it, well done. I mean, it's amazing, right? There's a huge risk you take for these things. So yeah. I'm happy for you. But bloody hell, take some money off the table. Yeah, yeah. Right. As the director and, did, has yeah, been doing and, right. and, yeah. and the director's doing the right thing yeah, yeah. and you diversify it because mm. biotech investment, you always look at four or five mm. and unique players mm. with good management that mm. can deliver. So you hit the jackpot, yep. don't be stupid and just hold on, right? Take so some take money some off profits. the table. Right. I said, you know, take 30, 40% off, invest in a few other biotechs that you might like, yep. take some capital out, do something else. Look, this is a... This is a 10-bagger. You've done a 10-bagger. Wow. Yep. Yeah, Don't yeah. get greedy. Yes. Right? Yeah, yes. 10-baggers happen by accident. Yeah. And when people tell you, I pick 10-baggers, yeah. you're, you're on. There track. is so much wisdom yeah. in that. You're so right. No one picks a 10-bagger. 10-baggers yeah, 10 happen by I, accident. I pick yes, you're 20, 30% right. ideas, yeah. and then yeah. they become double. Yeah. Recently, we picked about three or four that have doubled. Yeah. But that's not what we go for. Yeah. Yeah. A 10-bagger is accidental. So, yeah. look, if you've got it, take 30, 40% off and divest. <clears> if you don't yeah. have it, Look, no, not now. You're late to the game. Okay. Right. Oh, I love okay. it, but late to the game. Is there another one coming? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Look, the, the thing about these guys is because they are doing other things, yeah. yep. that is interesting. I am keeping an eye on, and I'll throw it out there for the biotech yeah, fans, yeah, yeah. the Green Whistle. MVP, oh, MVP. most valuable okay. player. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, MVP, yeah. Green Whistle. Um, they've had issues. In they've the had plenty of issues. Uh, you and know. Get, kept getting knocked back by Yeah. FDA. Look, it's high risk. It is all about the US FDA yes. approval. Mm. It's potentially a solution for opioid issues. Yeah. Yeah. And if that clicks, that's a potential 10-bagger. Right. Right. High risk, very high risk. They'll have, probably have to raise money. But look, they've got new management. They seem to be doing the right thing. It is okay. worth the punt. All right. Okay. We'll put that on the list. Interesting. All yeah. right. And next up, Eris Resources. Uh, Nath wants a view on this. Uh, question for Gorad from says Dave about Eris um, bro- in the broader copper sector. Often hear Gorab and Mather talk about buying sectors such as mining and consumer discretionary when they look ugly. I'm wondering if AIS is ugly enough now to start nibbling in preparation for the turnaround in the economy and the copper price. I've got a holding, Nath admits that, that I've clearly bought at the wrong time. Uh, wondering if now's a good time to start averaging down. If not, AIS, is there another ASX-listed copper miner you prefer instead? Good question, Nath. Mm. I'm going to say something very controversial here. I am not a fan of copper. I'm not a bull Ooh. on copper. 
What the? Yeah. What the? What the? <laughs> Everyone <laughs> else is. And that's exactly why. Uh, yeah. Not only that. is every man and his dog a bull on copper, yep. every miner in the world is out there looking for copper. And this is what highest... I love about Gurel. Yeah. He will absolutely <laughs> power consensus. Yeah. And, yeah. and the thing is, it actually makes sense. Well, yes, there's reason. Yeah, well, so, you don't want to be on. a contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. But the thing about mining, and, and uh, you need to understand that there's a lot of copper in the Earth's crust. Yep. Copper is one of the most commonly mined metals in the world. And it is not like lithium, where you're going from a niche metal to a mainstream metal, and you require a lot of infrastructure, a lot of capex, a lot of investment to get that um, volume up, right? So there's a, there's a case that lithium prices could be very high for a sustained period to get that movement from niche metal to mainstream metal. Copper's not like that. Copper is a mainstream, it's one of the commonly, most commonly mined metals in the world. Mm. Every miner is forecasting a deficit and it's a perfect example of first level thinking. Yep. All these batteries are gonna get made, we're gonna need more copper, let's go buy a copper stock. I just, I'm afraid that's not good enough. That's, that's really unsophisticated thought because what this, the second level thinker says is that, well, okay, it's every, if everyone expects copper to be in deficit, how does that change the behavior of the miners? And I'm afraid the, the consensus belief that copper will be in deficit actually changes the outcome. And you can see that from the actions of every miner in the world. There is a mad scramble for copper. Um, BHP and Rio have awoken from hibernation from their CapEx strike. And one of the main reasons they're doing that is they're trying to find copper. South 32 is now talking about, this is one of the most conservatively run miners in the world. They have, they're now talking about buying a copper project in Botswana for billions of dollars, potentially taking on debt for the first time. Um, everyone's out there looking for it. And that the belief that copper prices are inevitably going to rise is enough to make sure that that doesn't happen. Right. So I think, look, and, and you can't forecast. If someone says to me, where is this copper supply going to come from? I don't know where it's going to come from. I know there's a lot of copper in the world. I know that miners are throwing billions of dollars looking for it. You match those two together and the supply will come. This is the way markets work. So I don't think there's any magic in copper. I'm sure demand is going to be higher. But there is plenty of copper in the world. There's also a very solid recycling market for copper. There is plenty of copper in tailings. Um, 50% of the world's copper demand comes out of construction in China. Anything could happen there. I just think this story about copper being in a perpetual bull market because of batteries is lazy thinking. It's first level thinking. I don't subscribe to it. And I think one ought to be very careful because the consensus here is dangerously one-sided. Um, mm. So I'm not interested in copper. We are not buying copper stocks. Um, and I would be selling Eris. This is not a nice business. It's, I like management here. I, I appreciate that they've been very forthcoming with shareholders. I like the communication style. They're good track records, poor asset base, poor history of operations, poor finances. There's no reason to buy this stock. Avoid. Wow. Are you prepared to go against that, Nathan? Jesus. Come on, muscle up, big Jesus. fella. I'm supposed to be the bear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, look, the China data just has come out, and it's interesting because the GDP uh, wasn't as good. Industrial production actually beat, uh, which is a surprise, and retail sales was weak, but was expected. Um, there's Apache data, and I always expected Apache data out of China, and people were saying they were going to give you better data than you expected to not do the stimulus. 
So it's, you know, your See, view the on... St- stimulus is not into property. It's not into infrastructure. Exactly. It's more into services and keeping Consumers. the banks afloat. That's mm. right. And mainly the property side is basically rolling over all those property developers who are basically bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. It's not building afloat. more no, property. No, it's it's just, saving the exactly. developers. Um, and not ripping off the customers. <laughs> so China is an interesting place. I think China is doing what is good for China, but everyone else wants China to do what's good for them yeah. to pump stimulus which is what is not happening. If you look at the total social financing data, I look at it 12 months aggregated, what the growth rate, that actually has started to go negative now. Right. So they are putting less than what they used to put uh, on an aggregate level. So that's interesting. The system is actually slowing down, which is logical. Everyone expected a lot and start playing out. And that's negative for copper. Copper has been underperforming gold and it's still underperforming gold. Yep. Okay, I, I'm not here to work that out. I mean, I know what's happening in the global growth. I know the recession worries. Our view always has been Europe goes in middle of this year, US goes at the end of this year, right? And I think, still think that's a potential uh, and it's a rising potential. Whether it's recession or not, it's a side issue. Slowdown is happening. Yep. Copper is not going to get a run on that. And Gurav's right. There is no one that is negative on copper. Yeah, no one. You, There's like, no one. I can't find anyone but negative. What I don't so he is, yeah. and you're joining him. Yeah. Yeah, I've been. We welcome to the right gone, side. We haven't gone to the... <laughs> welcome to the dark side. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we haven't been in mm. any commodity, mm. uh, any metals, other than gold. Mm. Right. Right? And the mm. cycle is mm. coming for us rather than away from us at the mm. moment. I think copper... They, I mean, there will always be a time for copper. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right? not now. It's right. a cyclical. It yeah. is not now. Right. And if everyone is so bullish, why is every copper stock struggling? Be- because everyone is so bullish. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think you've got to have a view that's mm. balanced on the risk return. Right mm. now, where we are in the global growth, I think copper, yes, it will have a time. The time is not today. So I, I don't know. I also think trying, I don't like this investment style where you come up with a theme and say, okay, I'm trying to find a stock that matches this theme. Because you end up with with businesses that are, are not that high quality like Aeris. I mean, BHP has the largest copper inventory in the world. I mean, their mines are sensational. They know how to operate. They've got growth projects. I mean, if you really want to buy a copper business, look no further than BHP. I'll, yep. I'll give you one. Out but don't of left. don't buy a copper business. I'll give business you one out of the left field. Yeah. Oil. Yeah. Has is now higher than it has been the last two months. Yes, yes, I've noticed. Right? <laughs> yes. All the inflation data came off with yeah, yeah, oil. With oil falling off. It was yeah. the main driver. That's right. Now, inflation is going to pick up, yeah. and so will oil. And if you and US is holding, I think, 20-year low strategic reserve, mm, and they yeah. flag mm. that they will start buying. And they always buy when and prices are going up. up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So if you, if yeah, you're going to yeah. go for a commodity that is actually recovering, yeah. go for it. Uh, I think that link between right. energy and inflation is actually really important. Probably don't have time yeah. to explore it. Yeah. But so, yeah. on Eris? Jeez, oh, it's been beaten up. But yeah, we're not there. Um, I think it's hard to tell someone to sell after you so take a hold. Pain. Yeah, it becomes right. a hold. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Downer. Uh, is our next talk. Ella wants a view on... I thought you were talking about paper. the mood no, no. <laughs> in the room. <laughs> Down to EDI, okay. the, uh, the services mm. business. We we are positive on it. It's ugly. Mm. I mean, it looked bombed out. And we've been positive for the last couple of months. Mm. And the stock has turned around. Mm. Yeah. They've actually started to win a decent amount of contracts. And for me, what's important is most of these services companies have been absolutely pummeled, mm. right? And they're turning around hard mm. because when they win new contracts, they're cycling bugger all margin to actually better margin. So there's big turnarounds. And Downer, 
I'm not going to even remotely say it's a high quality business. Mm. It's right. shocking, but it's good. It's a turnaround and their contracts are a lot more um, government linked, defense linked, mm. and those kind of infrastructure linked. These are much more, you know, guaranteed oh, payment. Mining. Yeah, they're guaranteed payments. Yep. And no one's going to spend like government over the next 10 years. So um, I think Dan is in a pretty good sport. The valuation is relatively good. Uh, most brokers, uh, analysts haven't got excited. So I think there's upgrade cycle to come. This is so ugly we went in and it's turned around and i think the contract wins support even it's had a rebound even at these levels this is these are where oh, margins expand okay. and then you get upgrade cycles okay yeah i don't mind that either you're what right the? um i was there, expecting there, to get hit no no look there were two turnarounds in this um ugly industrial space one is downer and the other is lend lease and I'm following yeah. both of them. And I think they're both okay. a crappy businesses, to be sure. Yep. These yep. are not high quality businesses. They have a long period of underperformance, badly managed, bad capital allocation. But look what's happening inside these companies. Yeah. Both of them have shed um, their underperforming units. Mm. Um, Downer, I think it was really important, got rid of their um, mining services arm, their engineering arm. Um, and the ditto for uh, Lend Lease as well. Management changes, board changes. Um, balance sheet looks a bit better, um, and both of them are building up their order books. Um, Lendlease, in particular, has, a, has something like a, I think, once, I think a hundred billion dollar order book or something, something huge like that. Um, so I think the prices are pretty attractive. Um, I don't mind turnaround, but you do have to see a couple of things. You have to see um, the shedding of assets. You need to see new board, new management, and you have to see balance sheet repair. And I think we've seen all those things now in these two companies. I'm going to go spec buy. I, I think okay. I think it might be interesting on on both yeah, Downer and on Lendlease. on both. Yeah, okay. but I do. Th- but I will remind people that these are crappy businesses. Oh yeah, yeah. high there's risk. An, the risk high risk. High. Yeah. Uh, there's probably easier ways to make money. But I do think you're in right. with a shot with these two. It's interesting. But it's tempting. Okay. This is a nothing argument. is more satisfying than investing than making money out of a crappy business. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. All right. What about uh, Frontier Digital Ventures? Oh. Alan wants a view on that. Um, Alan's brought in uh, the three billion dollar loan to Pakistan mm-hmm. and link here to Frontier Digital Ventures mm-hmm. because trading at 32 cents, Alan bought in. Yep. At that stage, um, it's got a big business in Pakistan, hasn't performed well. Yeah. Uh, Alan says, yes, he did buy in at 32 cents, but he also bought in at 90 mm-hmm. uh, as well. I'm putting my hopes on the new chief executive. Is that $3 billion loan enough to save Pakistan? Perhaps not, but is it enough to save FDV? I like that framing. Is enough to save Pakistan, yeah. is enough to save FDV? Um, first of all, I'd say that forget the price you bought at. Don't even think about it. Don't talk about it. It does not matter. It's irrelevant. The market yeah. doesn't care what price you paid. In fact, no one cares what price you paid. And I, once I bought a stock, I erase that price from my mind and I try yeah. and have no physical record of it if I can yeah. because it plays, wow. it plays with your head. Yep. Um, so it doesn't matter. What matters today is price and value. And I, I agree with the viewer. I, I think that $3 billion loan, um, it, it increases the odds that there's a salvageable value out of that Pakistani business, which could be multiples of the market cap So the itself. Pakistani business is an REA version Zameen, of Pakistan. Yep. I would say it? just as dominant as REA, but they're going a step further and they're actually transacting on that platform and taking commissions oh, on sales, not cutting just out the real estate cutting agent. out the real estate agent. That's okay. right. Um, so it's a really impressive um, platform. It's particularly attractive. There's a, there's a large London-based expat community who transacts on that platform and buys um, Pakistani property people. Pakistan people are mad on property in Pakistan. It's a it's a property mm. mad country. 
Um, and it's unfortunate. I think the investment case here has been hurt by awful government in Pakistan, bad fiscal management. Yeah. But but the CEO of FDB has also <clears throat> shot some own goals. I think, I think the cap raising was poorly done. I think poor capital management has been the feature. Managing business is hard. I think you've got to forgive people for some mm. mistakes. Um, and I, I still think there's value here. The Latin American business by itself probably justifies the current share price and then you've got a big upside from Zameen and a few other bits and pieces. I okay. think there's enough here to warrant a spec buy. Okay. Um, so it, it is important. You have to be very watchful about what happens in Pakistan because I think a lot of your upside comes from success there. But there's enough there to keep interested. Okay. Spec buy. Yeah. Uh, so Frontier Digital is like Seek, REA, um, and car sales for the uh, crappiest platforms. places in the world <laughs> yes. for developing nations. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've heard. <laughs> Still okay, so that's what they try. Diplomatic as, uh, as ever. Uh, look, um, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's ugly, uh, but we knew it was ugly. Um, yeah. We knew well before. I mean, the floods hit it, and you know, yeah. the whole thing was. But plus, the U- that US dollar yeah. going bonkers and yeah. um, uh, look, balance of payments, and, and we've had the tax loss selling. Yep. Um, so yep. that's part of that, and it's priced it. And I, I have to agree. I, I mean, it's ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's basically uncertainty everywhere. Uh, but if you wanted to invest in an emerging market, I'd rather give the money to these guys and let them do it. Right. They've got enough pieces that with emerging markets recover, these guys will run hard. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a play in that. So I'm not saying go out and throw the house at it. This is high risk, my, yep. you know, small cap. Uh, put a bit. I think it's a nibble. I think it's a nibble. This is the kind of stock with the real big upside and has unique assets um, that you should put a nibble in and see how it plays out. And I think the risks are high, but the return is high as well. I think okay. it's worth the punt. So spec buy is the spec right buy. place. Okay. Hmm. All right, Clint wants a view, mate, on Sayona, uh, lithium hmm. producer in Canada and also Western Australia. Yeah, look, I think um, it's an interesting play at the moment in lithium. If I say negative, I'll probably get murdered uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, well, I'll, sta- I'll start yeah, with saying... You put it out there with copper, so... Yeah, I know. I, I, get, I get hammered anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's okay. I actually like the Twitter guys. I learn a few things, so yeah, that's positive. Um, look, I think... So you'll th- put an extra calming... Yes, uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, at yeah. the end of the day. It's for Sorry. me, mainly follow, for follow me. Follow Mathan on Twitter, and at the end of the day, when he's had a go at everyone quite <laughs> aggressively, <laughs> you know, it do, may be different this time, he ends up, you know, it sort of piles on negative, negative, negative. <laughs> then at the end of the day, he does a calming post. So wow. just so you can sleep it's, at it's night. Just, it's just like me. I just like to calm myself down. <laughs> um, look, I, I think, you know, first putting the context in, hmm. uh, tin, lithium, and um, and uranium are, are the top performing commodities over mm. the last yeah. you know three mm. to six months. Mm. So say what it may be, lithium is holding up quite well, and so are the stocks. Um, I think you have to think of the whole energy cycle. Everyone knows about lithium now. <clears throat> I mean, if you don't, seriously, you need to see a doctor. Yeah. Um, and so you're not getting a surprise factor. There is a fair amount of supply. Yes, everyone tells you there's a deficit, just like copper. Everyone is out there talking lithium, right? Mm. If you do a control mm. F on uh, ASX mm. news, everything hits. Yeah. So I'm not chasing lithium here. Um, I've got, I'm actually chasing oil here. I'm, we're going for Karun. I think Karun's a, a play here. I think even uranium, we were in Boss, we switched to Paladin yeah, for yeah. our fantasy portfolio. And I like uh, Paladin here for that thematic as well. So we're diversifying the energy play. So I'm not so chasing not, lithium, so no. um, not at the current prices. 
Um, so we'll wait and see if that changes. So this is the same as your copper stance? Everybody's in lithium? Yeah. Everyone's in it. Um, there's a lot of enthusiasm, but lithium is different. As I said at the top of the show, lithium is going from a niche niche metal. I mean, the, the current production rate of lithium, and go back a few years, the historic production rate of lithium has been absolutely tiny. This is a niche niche metal, and it's now being asked to be a bulk um, commodity. Yeah. And that transition is going to take time and it's going to require high prices and lots and lots of investment. So I actually think there is a strong case for high lithium prices for some time to come. Um, but that's also consensus. I don't think that's an unusual or an insightful view. I think everyone kind of realizes that. The trick is to buy the right miner. Yeah. And um, that's where we fall on Sayona. I can see why you're looking at this. This is not a silly idea. Um, they've got a, a, a project, North American Lithium, and um, on paper actually looks really attractive. They're actually producing now, so they're a producer. Um, it doesn't look too expensive. I know it's a two billion market cap, but, but there are, I, I think there's enough um, resources here to justify that market cap if everything works out. The problem is they, ha they have a joint venture in, in that um, North American Lithium project with Piedmont. And I, look, I, I'm kind of new to this, so I haven't looked at it in too much detail, but an early look, it looks as though Piedmont gets the cream of that, um, right. of that deal. They, they've signed a fixed price um, offtake agreement. It's something like 900 bucks a ton that they have to, I don't think they're gonna make any money from that project. Okay. So they're in production, but I think it's a zero profit project for them. And I think Piedmont makes off like bandits from a, from a deal <laughs> signed years ago just bad luck. Yep. Um, the investment case for Sayona, therefore, um, lies with what they're doing in Quebec, where they're drilling out what looks to be a pretty attractive large project, um, and they're joint venturing with the government of Quebec there. Quebec is famous for having wonderful resources, but very tough regulation. I think it's important that they're a joint venture partner with the government. It might make the regulation process a bit easier. That project looks interesting. If you're in Sayona, I would forget about the North American stuff for now and, right. and focus on the Quebec um, deposit. Is that enough to hold? Yeah, I think it is. I think okay. it's enough to hold. Um, it's interesting yeah. though, like all the, the bigger ones have gone back near their peaks yeah. in the lithium place. Sayona has kind of sat there. So yeah. you can see that the market has already priced that in to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's. You, you are playing the Canadian I, I still think you, the aim in lithium should be not to buy a brine producer or a spodumin producer. You need an integrated producer. The value here, in my view, will be captured by... In the processing. In, in the processing. Yeah. So you want to try and get a um, someone who can produce hydroxide which um, or chloride. Which, which Minres? Is, which right. is yeah. a good... That is exactly... Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. Is Minres trying to be a lithium, um, I suppose... Um, process player yes. like yeah, they are with iron ore. They're trying the minres way is to capture the entire value chain. Think of think of them the iron ore operations in iron ore. They don't make a lot of money, but they do all the servicing, the crushing, the transport, the logistics, and they capture margin all across the way. Right. Same thing in lithium. They're trying to capture the entire value chain, and um, I, I just think that's a really smart model. Mm. Um, yeah. If you look at hydroxide prices versus spod prices, um, you'd rather be in hydroxide than spod. Pilbara, ditto. Uh, they've got uh, they've got the capital um, and the plans to build out a significant um, processing right. business. West Farmers, I think, is the sleeper. 
that is a very good project yeah. that they're building. They have the funds and, that and hasn't expertise. Been built into the West I don't believe it has. We own Ves West Farmers in our funds, and as well as Minres, and I'm really happy with that, both. And those they've holdings. got the balance yeah. sheet. Yeah, they've got the balance sheet. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's recap our first five stocks. Stock of the day, mm. sell by uh, uh, Gorev on Endeavour, a hold from Mathan. Uh, Nurin, a uh, take profits from Mathan, take 30 to 40% of your holding as profits now, let the rest run, exciting future. Don't know how far it will go. Uh, Eris, a sell from uh, Gorav, a hold from Mathan. Spec buy from both on, uh, on Downer. Um, Frontier, a spec buy and a nibble, and Sayona, a hold from Gorav and a no from Mathan. We've been following our fantasy portfolio, you know. Check it out on the website, uh, ausbiz.co. Uh, replace Boss with Paladin. Uh, got rid of calcium, went into La Visa Ooh, as an early, nice one. <laughs> early nibble on retail. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on that because let's get on to our last five stocks. Uh, Whitehaven Coal, Mincor Resources, Dexa Superloop, Kalina Power. Um, Whitehaven Coal, Simeon mm. wants a view on it. Keen to understand what the experts think in terms of has the thermal coal price found a bottom? Full year dividend is consensus. Is this priced in? Uh, views on coal generally moving forward. Is it still a broken commodity? Uh, as Gaurav's theory uh, was earlier and this morning, Whitehaven have uh, given an update, uh, threw off $4.2 billion in cash last financial year, $425 million in the June quarter, mm. despite softening coal prices, leaving the company with a $2.65 billion war chest mm. as well. So even though coal prices come down, it's got a lot of money in it. We'll put that in context. This is a $5.5 billion market cap. Right. And they made $4.2 billion in, in cash flow last year, holding $2.5 billion in cash. They have, a debt, they have a tax payment to make, $800 million. So call it just under $2 billion in cash. This is roughly a $3.5 billion yep. um, market cap, or EV, $3.5 billion EV, um, for a business that's still doing $1.2 billion in cash flow a year. I think you're still getting a 20 to 25% free cash flow yield, free cash flow yield right. on coal. And um, there is creeping pessimism back into the coal because yep. the stock price has fallen and because people think coal has collapsed. Let's just remind everyone that coal prices are $140 a tonne before the Ukraine war, all time highest ever recorded thermal coal price was $180 a tonne. And um, right. you know, two years, two, years, two or three years ago, coal was trading at forty bucks a ton. So in the June quarter, it yeah. averaged two sixty four dollars a ton. Yeah. Full. So that's in Aussie dollars, and uh, Whitehaven collects a premium for for producing ultra high CV calorific value, right. ultra high ultra high energy Quality. coal. Yes, coal, that's right. Yeah. So um, look, I think the the pessimism on coal is still unwarranted. Um, the question for what we, what I've done personally and what we've done in the funds is we've um, bought back position sizes. I mean, I, I, I told you, um, yeah, yeah. Koshi, that I had 40% of my portfolio in coal. That is now down to about 10%. Right. And I think that is the question. The question is not um, uh, buy or sell. The question is how much. Right. And the generational opportunity in coal has gone and you should not be putting silly amounts in. Yeah. But I still think um, New Hope and Whitehaven in particular 
are going to generate double-digit free cash flow yields um, for years to come. And they'll pay it out in dividends? This is the question. This is what concerns me about Whitehaven. Whitehaven on the numbers looks quite attractive, but um, there has been speculation, not hosed down by management, I might add, that um, that they are going to bid for these um, BHP assets. And those BHP assets are okay. The coal assets. The coal assets. Right. They're selling met coal mines, yep. steel producing, coal used yeah, in steel yep. production. There is thermal producers, yep. energy power. And yep. Whitehaven at the moment is sort of 90% a thermal produ- producer. Um, yep. Ditto for, for New Hope. New Hope is, is ruled itself out of the running for those assets. But Whitehaven may have to raise capital. They have two, $2 billion in cash they're not going to get any debt. They've cancelled all their debt provisions. And um, I think if they bid for the asset, it's probably going to be $3 billion, right. maybe a little bit more to buy that asset. Um, if Paul Flynn is watching the CEO, this is a huge error. You do not need to do this. You have a wonderful business. There are internal growth options which generate very high internal rates of return. Um, all you have to do this is easy. All you have to do is sit there and return the cash back and your share price will have a nine in front of it. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the constant speculation that they're going to be taking over uh, uh, and assets, buying assets, right. raising capital is keeping that price down and it's keeping me in, in the stock. It's still a hold. Um, but watch your portfolio limits on this one in particular. I'm worried that the management is starting to lose their heads a little bit. Yeah, because the, uh, the, the argument is thermal coal will always be needed to generate base, uh, base, base load. Yep. load for power. Uh, metallurgical coal goes into steel mills and when the world going slowing down, recession also in, in China as well, Metallurgical coal prices will it's fall more, even further. Yeah, there is an element of a cyclicality, you're right. And there's also banks are still lending, insurance companies. You can still open a met coal mine. Right. It's hard. It's not easy, but it's still happening um, because there's a consensus, and I think correctly, that met coal probably has a longer lifespan than thermal. Right. Um, but that, that does mean that the supply situation is critical for thermal in a way that's probably not for met. Okay. But, but do not... I, I just... Um, I think this is a huge error for them to, to open up their wallets and buy stuff. They need to return capital fast um, and just do nothing. The less they do, the better. Okay. Nathan? <laughs> when yes. has management done that? <laughs> New, Hope. New Hope is the example that they yeah, are doing it perfectly. Yeah, but they're already perfectly. in that space, so they're yep. probably not going to yeah. go I would mind. rather they, have New Hope than New Hope. Yeah, 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 but New Hope has sold pats. Exactly. That's right. Oh, they have uh, sensible management. And yeah, yeah sold yeah. pats have yeah. gone. So, look to the credit of Whitehaven. Anything. So far, they've acted quite quite properly. Yes. And I've been impressed with the capital location so far. My, my plea is just do not change that. There's, yes. there's swimming okay. in cash, Gaurav. Yes, I know. Cash. The temptations are huge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you um, think? Look, we were, look, when it got to about 10 bucks, we said diversify it. Yep. I mean, the thing. And it's come back. I think the valuation is actually not too bad now. Um, I'm a fan of the energy sector. I still think you want to diversify. And call kind of plays into it. I think it's not too bad here. Mm-hmm. I think you can have a position, but it's, I think Gaurav's right. It's the positioning is matters now. So I think you diversify. I'm happy to have a bit of coal, a bit of oil, a bit of uh, uranium. I'm happy to play that thematic for the sector. And I think Whitehaven and New Hope plays quite well. Um, And the fact that Chinese uh, data is quite weak Hmm. um, has helped this come off. And I don't think that China is going to do anything dramatic in the short term. And so you might get a bit more weakness. So I would probably nibble on the stock. And, And then... You know, in in six months, twelve months, I think you do you do well. Um, I think there is a run in it back to probably around the eight nine dollars, so you get a run out of that. 
and you'll get good dividends to hold. So I think it's okay, uh, but the big runs probably not there. Okay. And you're likely right, to yeah. get returns from dividends. Yeah. That's what you should be aiming for. Yeah. We would not focus so much on the share price. It's this capital allocation. And it's if they're buying. Oh, yes. My word. So it's a total return. Yeah, yeah, You've yeah. got to look yeah. at everything total. There are very few stocks that are offering sort of 20% um, free cash flow yields, and yeah. these continue to do it, even though coal prices are down more than 50%. Yep. So it's, it, okay. it remains so attractive. The next stock, Minco's been taken over. We've gone to RU. L. Oh, have we? Okay. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. RPM mm. Global, okay. software right. business, mm. uh, basically for the for the mining industry. Mm. Uh, I think. Let him run first. He'll give uh, you an essay. Uh, <laughs> it's his stock. It's my stock. Uh, yeah. Didn't you put it? <laughs> I did. I did. I did. I fought for you. And Thank gave, you very much. Yeah. yeah, I get credit. Oh, gave credit. I get That's unusual. Lisa okay. and. Are you willing to? I think they're my, my two biggest holdings at the moment, mm-hmm. Labisa and are you Yeah, mm. yeah. Respect. Yeah. Uh, um, still buying a Labisa at these levels? Uh, I have bought at twenty dollars. Yes, right, I haven't okay. been buying recently, but I have bought at twenty dollars. Okay. Lavisa is the okay. only stock I can think of. Uh, my lowest buy price was two dollars something, and my highest buy price was twenty dollars something. I've never bought a stock that's ten bagged, and I'm still bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's uh, that's very okay. unusual. Yeah. Yep. But anyway. Um, RUL, everyone should know this stock by now. I mean, we've, yep. Maith and I have been banging on about it for years. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a business that used to be an advisory business, has pivoted to software, and um, they released an announcement a couple of, oh, well, last week, in fact. Um, and, it, and you can just see now that the software momentum is really taking off. Um, they, not only are they going from advisory to software, but within that software business, they're going from perpetual license to SaaS which means that um, their historic revenues have fallen off a cliff um, while their SaaS revenues are taking time to build. Yep. And I think we are now at misleading. the point. It's very misleading. So if you, I always say this, if you're the kind of kind of investor who just looks at numbers, you you got it wrong. You got yep. a lot of problems. Uh, I don't know about that. Headline numbers. I, I'll give you. I'll give you an aggregation of numbers. Yes. So they're crunching down to the way. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't have a problem with that. But if you're the kind of investor who says, "Oh, this is an EPS of this and a oh, P yeah. of that and this ratio and that ratio," you got to look under the hood. Uh, that, 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 okay. you're, you're a computer, and you're going to be beaten right. by a faster computer. So still computer. buying RPM Global at these levels. Indeed. Still a buy. It's an officially a hold um, right. at Intelligent Investor, but um, if you don't have RPM Global, I think there's plenty of upside and you ought to have some okay. in your portfolio. It's still um, one of the best software businesses around and it's not expensive. So it's a, I'm going to go mm. buy, yeah. We, we like services business. Uh, we do like the, the play on that. And it's, this is kind of playing into the tech. So right. it's been beaten up for the tech. It has it's been beaten, beaten up, up for the services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of the, you know, it looks ugly. And that's one of the reasons why I looked at it. And it kind of plays well there. It's had the pop. I think it's still, it's okay. I, I think it's, you, you nibble here. Um, the only worry I have is people who've already bought it for the tax loss, post-tax loss, you've had a pop. There'll be a bit of selling might come in. Um, but I would say you spread your buying over the next three months. I'm yeah. happy to buy this. Um, I think the upside on this is high enough that you can spread your buying and buy, play it. The both sectors I think are beaten up. And the recovery cycle is pretty good. So okay. RPM Global looks good. All right. Uh, speaking of a sector that's been beaten up, property, mm. uh, particularly commercial property. David wants a view on Dexas Mathan. Um, skewed towards mm. higher grade office market and smaller industrial portfolio. Yeah. Got a bit of industrial there. Yeah, it's tough. Um, like, you know, you just have to look at any financial uh, publication and you'll find out about how many office space yep. is in play. If you walk around Sydney CBD, you'll know that. 
um, it's tough. Um, I think it gets tougher. Uh, valuations are, I mean, it's come off, but I think when the news comes out about all the negative flow and the downgrades come out, there's still going to be more pain to go through. So we're not jumping into uh, property sector yet. Um, it's been beaten up. Expectations are low, but when you get downgrades, it doesn't matter how low it is, it mm. still shakes the investors. Okay. So I'm not jumping in yet. No. Um, it's not It's not the play in the current part of the cycle. It's a good business in a good cycle, but it's not a good cycle, so not for okay. me. This is harder than you'd think. I think the obvious answer here is to say office property, who wants it, sell. But the valuation is looking interesting. It's a 30% discount to book, so a lot of the discount has been priced in. They recently revalued property and, and cut a billion dollars from their asset book, which is actually not that as big as I think many people. I think that's a 7% discount. Was that down discount. 17% or something, the valuation rather than the Yes, yes yeah. you're right. Yeah, rather, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, it was 7 or 17. Yeah, everyone something like was that. expecting. Yeah, yeah, and it was nothing like the 30% that's been priced in. I will say that looking at the cap rates, which is how you value these um, office properties, they're still 5%. And when government bond yields are 5%, doesn't seem right. I think there's still more um, more corrections and property values to come. And the reason it hasn't happened is because property is just not transacting. These big holders of property aren't selling it because um, they have to realize the loss that way. And I, th- and I think that's, uh, that's an inefficiency in the market. I'm still on the sidelines for this, but there might be a time hmm. to buy this. I'll pop this on your watch list and yeah. keep an eye on it. There's a lot of negativity. If you're not... If you're in it, hold it. Yep. Um, It's a good quality portfolio. It's like retail. You look at retail. uh, Retailers, yep. They're priced, you know, 70%, 80% for the recession. Yes. But there's probably another 20, 30% left to come through. Yes. But it's interesting enough. Yes. But we know it's going to be bad. Now's the time to start working on it. Yeah. So I think you've got to pick your preferred place and then wait. And I think this is good enough to say it's interesting, but the timing is not today. But I, I am looking at retail and REITs. I agree with that. Because yep. both of them have the discount. Yep. Like It's just like the services yep. sector. You yep. have the discount, when they turn, they run. Yep. Okay. No, I agree. Those two sectors look interesting. You're yeah. right. It's, it's All right. Liz wants a view on Superloop, <clears throat> Gorab, the uh, sort of, you call it a telco, but in the fiber optic communications in the infrastructure part of. This I, I refer to as a quiet disaster. This hasn't been a big blow up, but this has been, make no mistake, this, oh, it's, uh, maybe it's not so quiet. <laughs> I didn't even look at, haven't looked at the chart, but um, it has been a disaster. So they started off by raising a lot of money from investors and building fiber assets in Australia and in Asia. They recently sold the Asian fiber at a huge discount to the cost to build it all. It does mean the balance sheet is now flush with cash, but it also means that um, it's an admission of failure that the original business plan does not work. And they've tried to pivot now to being a more kind of um, business and uh, and retail focused reseller or a provider of services rather than an infrastructure business. Yeah. For a company that owns an awful lot of, um, of its own fiber and assets, you just do not see that in the numbers. With um, Aussie Broadband, for example, Aussie Broadband has just built out its own um, a fiber network. It's a modest backbone fiber network, but their margins are already starting to rise. And I expect they'll be jumping even further when they report. 
you don't see that happening here. So something is not quite right with these numbers. And a lot of it is because there's acquisitions, there's write-offs. Yep. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mess, an absolute mess. I'm happy to see um, the, the, the former um, Bevan Slattery go. I think he's been a disaster for this business. Um, the new chair is outstanding. Um, he, mm. He's the founder of Optus, founder of Amazim, a wonderful track record inside the industry. And here's the reason why I popped this on my watch list, um, because this oh. could be a potential turnaround. But wow. I would say that this is still needs work. This is too right. early. It, this has been a, an absolute mess. And um, I, I think I will come back to it uh, maybe in, after a few more reports. We've got to give the new management and the new board time to work its way through uh, and, and fix the disaster that this has been. Um, it's, it's still in a void for me. But good, good board now in place, and I would want to just follow them and see how they change things and how they operate a little bit. So oh, uh, keep it on your watch list. Yeah, no, Peter O'Connell. Thank you. The, the name uh, Peter O'Connell. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the name uh, escaped me. But he's a um, great yes. operator. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Did very well out of Amazing. Optus um, with Rob Mansfield. And that's that right. Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. So I'm, I have a lot of time for him. Um, a quite disaster that's down the watch list. Yeah. I didn't expect that conversation to end the way it did, but Nathan, quickly. Uh, look, uh, uh, look, I think the telco sector, mm. um, the index looks good because Telstra is good. Everyone else has been pretty much crap. Yep. Uh, so I'll just say I like the sector, but nobody's doing anything to change my view at the moment. But again, like retail, like REITs, I am looking at this sector because they were all underperformed. Uh, there's a time for it, but it's not right now. Okay. I'm not jumping. All right. Final stock, uh, Robin wants a view, mated on Kalina Power. I don't think we've ever had this on the call before. It's sort of turnkey power yeah. advisory business, is it? It's interesting. Um, I've never heard of it, um, ran through it. My natural instinct for a small cap, micro cap is, do they need cash? Yeah. So My word, do they so, need cash? So I went and looked at it. <laughs> They're burning about a, uh, what, about a bill, I think, uh, per quarter. Uh, a mil, um, a mil. Sorry, one mil. Yeah. And they got like 1.8. 1. 1.8, 1. yeah. In right. cash. Yeah. Six months, brokers must be banging on the door <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. So there's a cap raising coming. Looks pretty illiquid. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's illiquid okay. and there's a cap raising coming. Six months, that's, you know, you don't wait till the last six months. No. And they're, they're six to nine months away from a cap raising. So there's one coming. Yeah. Okay. So don't jump in. Wait for no. the cap raising. I don't know enough about the stock. It hasn't been doing that well. If you like the management and you want to back them, go on the cap raising. I would be stronger and say no, because this is, this is a $12 million business that's trying to build power plants yes. um, in, I want to say Canada. I might get that wrong, but the, somewhere overseas. I don't know why they're It's doing it in multiple countries. And, and yeah. cap raising is going to dilute them quite a bit. But figure about cap. This is a $12 million, million dollar business. Know, they appointed PwC to get long-term option funding for $4 billion. This is in fairyland. This is a strong avoid for me. I right. don't, I don't, I don't know how. And also works. you yeah. know there's a cap raising coming. I don't even think they can get a cap. They're going to have to do something. I don't, I, yeah. I don't understand what the investment it, is. It's, it's, it's a strong science. avoid. It's yeah. a lot of danger signs. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's recap the final five stocks. Whitehaven, a hold from uh, Gaurav, the king of coal. Uh, a nibble from Mathan. Um, RPM was our next one, not Mincor. We didn't update the uh, the list there. It's a buy from Gaurav, a nibble from Mathan. Dexas, a watch and hold from uh, Gaurav, a no from Mathan. Superloop, a watch as well from um, from Gaurav, a no from Mathan. And Kalina, a no from both as well. 
Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor. Always great to have you on on a Monday. Thanks very much. Nice to be here. Likewise, Maitam from Deep Data Analytics. And don't forget to follow him on Twitter just so you can get the calming (laughs) tweet at the end of the day. (laughs) So just skim over the rants during no. No, no, no. It puts it all in perspective. Uh, That's it for us for today. We'll see you same time tomorrow at midday for another edition of Call More of Bosman's coming up after this. Don't go away.